Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Liebel, here with my co-host, Mr. John Bauer. How are you today, John? I'm pumped. And and there's a couple of reasons why. Um, you made fun of me for saying excited too many times. So I wanted to change <laughs> True, my word. I did. I did. Um, but also, you know, we are we are the International Sports Sciences Association, and we bring in people on this podcast from all over the country, all over the world. But somehow I've found a way to find yet another Sacramento local to, to come onto the podcast and join us. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. But uh, uh, but seriously, though, you know, we're going to cover the, the topic of recovery a little bit and and some of the business of recovery and and what's out there. Like, how can you choose the products? What are the products that are out there? Um, I think these are important topics to cover because these are questions that we're getting now from from a lot of our students and from a lot of trainers out there. And it's such a new thing that I figured, you know, let's go let's go right to the the founder and CEO of one of these companies so that we can get the answers. Uh, So I I am excited to talk about uh, this this topic today. Absolutely. And I am, too. And I think it's a great point that hopefully we'll get across today that. There are so many ways to be involved in the fitness industry, and it may not be one-on-one personal training in a facility with somebody, right? If you find that you're interested in some of the things that our guest is talking about or some other things, elements of fitness um, that you're excited about or that you want to learn more about, go learn about them. Um, Chances are you're not the only person who's interested in it. So keep that in mind as you're listening today. But John, who do we have? It does seem like a lot of the cool kids live in Northern California. I'm just saying, <laughs> apparently you guys all have deep pockets because it is expensive to live there. So good for you. But who do we have here with us today? Uh, well, we have the, the CEO of Plunge, Ryan Dewey. Ryan, welcome to the show. Great to be here. And yeah, shout out the 916. <laughs> Absolutely. Ryan. That's two podcasts in a row, by the way, that the 916 got a, got a shout out. Uh, so I'm proud of that. Uh, but Ryan, maybe you can get us started here by just telling us a little bit about yourself and and you you kind of have this story of self-discovery and, and going into entrepreneurship. Uh, so if you can just give us some background and what led you to where you are today. Yeah. So like you mentioned, co-CEO, co-founder of Plunge, we launched about three years ago, you know, really building out the at-home cold plunge industry. For myself... Health and wellness is kind of the, the category that I would say that I really serve and am passionate about. And that started about seven years ago when I launched Capital Floats, Floats which is a local uh, float therapy center. Uh, we now have two locations here in Northern California, but that's more of a, you know, it's kind of like a meditation on steroids, um, like a relaxation center. We had infra- We have infrared saunas in there. We now do massage. We now have a fire and ice room. So it's turned into more of a holistic health center, but it started with float therapy. And that was like a huge passion of mine, which actually led me to meet my co-founder, Mike, um, who owns Reboot Float and Cryo in the Bay Area. So, you know, not a ton of float float spas around and you start to get to know who the other owners are and who's interested in that. And that was that was really the genesis of Plunge was our um, our friendship that we had built through the float centers. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're right. There aren't a ton of those places, but I mean, recovery, 
let me clarify, like recovery from physical activity is not necessarily new, but the way that it's being, um, it's become more available to people is relatively new. And it's kind of like a buzzword. And I feel like there are, hopefully we get to address this today. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who don't really know what it entails, right? And there, there are some basic things. And then of course there's more advanced therapies, but cold and heat exposure are two of the big ones. And that's something that you guys do. And then you mentioned float. So I'd love to hear more about that. But can you give us a high-level explanation of some of the basic or entry-level therapies that you guys offer and, and how somebody could use these to their advantage? Yeah, plunge, we offer cold and heat. Those are the categories that we're in. So we we have a traditional sauna, really high heat, uh, dry sauna. It's what we've created. And then the cold category, which we have a number of different products you know, with different features and different, uh, the, all the tubs are a little different, but at the end of the day, it's, it's hot and cold therapy. People getting in cold water, people get, it's just extreme temperatures, utilizing that and how that impacts the body and the benefits that come from it. And I think it's a good point with recovery. It's like recovery, at least for me, you know, grew up playing sports. Recovery was like that window, like right after you worked out, like that was kind of the view, at least how I viewed it. Like you got, you know, an hour to two hours after maybe you're getting in the ice bath and you're suffering through that back in the day maybe doing a little stretching. I wasn't doing much, but really I think where we're at today is recovery is kind of this like really holistic 360 look. It's how are you sleeping? How are you preparing to sleep? Like really the recoveries come from that window of time. Like that's the time where, you know, actual muscles being grown, muscles not being grown in the gym, muscles being torn down in the gym. And so I think we're starting to identify these different windows that it, they all play a part. It's not just, you know, this 60 minutes throughout the day, it's, um, you know, our posture, how are we sitting at work? Are we doing, are we using standing, like standing desks? Like these are all, we can go on forever, but there's all these parts to how recovery works and how it goes into, you know, our core workouts and how we support that. Absolutely. And you're bringing up a lot of great points and, and we encourage people who are interested in the hot and cold therapy specifically to learn more about some of the benefits. Um, but Ryan, if somebody walked in, like, let's use my mom, love you, mom. 76 year old lady walks in and says, I'm in, or maybe it's not 76 because maybe heat and cold isn't appropriate, but somebody walks in, they're brand new to this and they say, I'm interested. What do you guys offer? And here's, you know, I work out three or four days a week, moderate intensity. Like, what do you explain to them or how do you explain what they're, they're about to get into or which one might be beneficial for them? Yeah. First I would say is that your 76 year old mom is absolutely a right for this. She would hate it. <laughs> My parents are 73. They, you know, took them three plus years to be open to this. Now they plunge every day and they love it. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it really, the benefits are pretty wide and it depends on the type of person. So mm-hmm. I, I preface this with, it really depends on what the age, um, you know, symptoms they're facing in their life. Like it's going to show up different ways to prep people for this. I mean, there's, getting people open to trying this. I think the big misnomer is people need to be getting into 39 degree water and spending seven minutes in a, in a cold plunge, which is Mm -hmm. actually detrimental. I would encourage people not to do that. Really where we want to be starting is finding something in the 50 to 55 degrees going for two minutes. And these are just kind of like general numbers, you know, this could vary per person, but I liken it to, you know, if a fitness trainer was talking to someone about getting into working out, you wouldn't take them with rich froning to go do a workout. 
you know, that's, that's maybe the aspiration. The champ. But, it, but, but you know, you're, it's actually detrimental to go put them through that workout. You're going to hurt them. And you would just start with, if someone hadn't been working out, like, how do you just, let's, let's start for a walk in the evening. Let's, um, you know, get some moderate strength training going. Very simple stuff that you just build and it compounds. Cold plunging, we'll start with the cold. It is is really a workout for that nervous system. That's really what's going on there. So that's been on the couch for most of us. And it's going to take some time to get off the couch. So anyone starting out, I would say, you know, if you're built, if you're wanting to build the consistent practice here is you can start in the shower, turn that on, just do showers suck. Let me tell you that too. Like, I just want to preface <laughs> that. Like it, I still hate showers more than getting into my cold plunge every morning. But it's a start. It's a way to get cold, learn how to kind of breathe intense breaths through it and calm yourself down. But it's a starting point. Getting into cold water, like a full exposure, you know, mid 50s, try and get in there. And I say, like, just get 30 controlled breaths, like go for that and just build on that. So, you know, I always want to start people to like set them up for success. Um, this is a long game. This isn't like a no cold plunge. Yeah, you're going to feel great after one, but it's no cure for anything. Similar to, you know, working out is a lifelong journey for your muscles and your body. So it's just, a, it's building the practice and the consistency. Ryan, I'm glad you said it that way. Cause uh, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of folks in the, on the fitness side of things. They, they see what's online and they basically what people post are like the hardest workouts ever. Right. So then they think they imagine that that's what working out has to be. And then oftentimes when you see people cold plunging, like maybe you see Joe Rogan cold plunging, he's having to break the ice off the top of the thing and there's already snow around him and then he's jumping in and they think that's the version uh, of it that they have to start off with. And what you're saying is just like with anything else, let's start slow and build our way up to it in order to then fully get the benefit. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad that you said it that way. And, and again, you make a lot of uh, a lot of great points about just the practice of recovery. And I do want to I do want to stress this part of it, recovery isn't just relaxing, right? It's about stress mitigation. And it's about actually getting the results that you were working so hard for in the first place with your workouts. Um, it, it allows you and your body to optimize the work that you've put in, in order to, like I said, get those results, whether it be the bigger muscles, the sculpted abs, or, or a body that doesn't hurt so much. And I have personal experience in doing these sorts of these sorts of treatments, the, the cold cold plunging and, and the sauna, and it can be difficult, but here's, here's some of the benefits that I get. I, I often feel great afterwards, although it's difficult during, I feel great afterwards. There's also, um, and, and I don't know if you can speak to this, Ryan, when you're doing the cold plunge, it's kind of meditative in that there's nothing else you're thinking about except that cold. You know, I'm not worried about bills or anything like that when I'm in the cold plunge, because that's the only thing I'm thinking about. And because of that, I, that I, you know, I guess I get kind of a meditative benefit out of it. Um, is there is there some way in which you can speak to, to that aspect of it as well as as far as how it can add to someone's, uh, you know, the, the, their daily activities? Yeah, I think the meditation is a great point. It, you know, while you're in it, yeah, there's, I don't know if suffering is the right word, but you are focused on the sensation. You know, like I said, you're not worrying about the 10 other things that maybe you were worried about right before you were getting in. But I think the meditative state really hits when you get out because you are uber present. Obviously there's this, this neuro cocktail of, you know, the dopamine and endorphins that you feel incredible after. So you're getting that, but you're also like highly present, which is why someone, why we sit in meditation. You're, you're 
That's the state that you're, we're trying to induce through a meditative state. It's like a calm mind, a mind that's not racing and chasing everything or attaching everything. But when you get out of a plunge, yeah, you might have super high energy. You like, woo, like you're yelling, you're excited, but you're also very present to just that state that you're in. You know, I just think it's like one of our most authentic states when we get out of a cold plunge. Like, you know, what's there at that moment is just like we are fully connected to whether we're doing it with a group, like it's so fun to be with other people. And they're just connecting with them at that moment. We're not concerned with how we're looking or did we do this right or that? We just come out and we just feel incredible. So I think there's a lot that translates from a med meditative practice. And I think it's a great call out because it's not something that gets brought up too, too often. Yeah. So I have not quite reached that meditative state when it comes to cold. <laughs> it is not a preference for me. However, I do love, I won't say love, let me say, I do tolerate the heat. So the different types of sauna, and of course there's the infrared, which you mentioned, the regular dry sauna. There's a lot of benefits from that as well. And depending on your goals, what training phase you're in, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's a very similar process, right? Ryan, they're going to start off slow, maybe start off with not so hot or mm -hmm. warm-ish and then work their way up because heat is definitely something you need to become more tolerant to before you can go in large doses, correct? Totally. I mean, the body needs to adapt to both of these. And you know, whether you're getting into an infrared, so those are lower heat, mm -hmm. um, little more, um, you know, not as intense, I'd say with the infrared, they both have like, they both can get these big benefits that we talk about, like lowering, you know, mortality diseases by 40% and all these like true studies that are out there. Dry saw, most of those studies have been done around 175 degrees and higher. So that is an important distinction. I believe infrared sauna can get has those same benefits is my belief, but you need to be getting at least 45 to 60 minutes in there to get to that level where a dry yeah. sauna may be at that 180, 190, 15 to 20 minutes and you're you're in that state. And again, yeah, it's something you want to build for. Like I, you know, I've had an infrared sauna at my house. I got uh one of our, you know, one of our plunge saunas about a year plus ago, really started using the dry higher heat sauna. And it was a I again it was like I had to have a timer. I was watching, I was watching, oh, I got 30 more seconds, you know, this week I was able to build because it gets to that point at that end when you're pushing it. And it's, it's like a cold plunge where it's like, I want to get out of here. It's just kind of the inverse where the cold plunge, it's the initial shock, which is something very magical about that fight or flight being inducing that moment and learning how to regulate and calm down mm -hmm. for the sauna, you kind of build towards that moment. And then you know, we've all been in those saunas where you're getting fidgety and you're, I want to get out of here. And you're, you know, those are the moments that you're actually, that's where the magic happens. Can I get it? Can I stay another 30 seconds in here and push? But again, you don't want to overdo it. You know, what we're, what we're starting to see is adrenaline is this important precursor for our bodies. And adrenaline is something we, we, you don't want to be depleted and you don't want to have too much because if you have too much, it's almost like a full circle and it fully depletes you. And these tools and what they're also, we're also finding is adrenaline is, you know, we talk about how these help our immune system. Well, what does that mean? How does that help our immune system? Well, it raises adrenaline, which adrenaline is this force against any sort of, you know, disease or uh, infection that we could get. So we want to keep adrenaline levels high. Well, while getting in here, we kind of raise that level up, but there's an important point that you don't want to go too far. And, you know, that could be, especially from like a contrast therapy using hot and cold, Sometimes you'll see, I'll do it. Like I'll do three cycles and I'm pushing and 
I end up just becoming exhausted, you know, and there's a real, like, there is a level of diminishing returns and like, oh, I kind of put my body a little too far here. I put it into breakdown mode. And then, you know, we discussed there's, there's a sweet spot always, especially with working out all of this that you want to get to. So I think it's important to note that, you know, there is a, uh, there is an effective dose and everyone has to kind of find what that is for them. You know, medicine, what's the term? It's like medicine can become poison. Like that's the same for all these tools. Yeah. So to your point, yes, heat, you do want to build tolerance to it and work your way up. And, and, and it's also gauging where you're at personally in your life at that time, you could be run down. That's where I think like these aura and whoop scores are very helpful in giving you data to actually look at like, what is HRV today? Oh, my HRV is like shot down a lot. Well, maybe your cold plunge, you should raise it up five degrees and you should go about a minute less, you know, or your recovery scores off the charts today. You know, I'm going to push it a little farther. I got a little more in the tank. So using these data tools, I think it's a really cool thing that we can do nowadays to incorporate these other, you know, recovery modalities. Yeah, I think that's a great point that you make right there because we a lot of people, not everyone, but a lot of people do have these tools. I have a whoop, John has an aura ring, right? And it does give you a lot of information, but using that to see whether this therapy is good for you. And any more like whoop, I don't know if anybody else out there has a whoop. They just updated their app now where you can journal. And in the journal, you can customize it. But one of the things like I do compression therapy on a regular basis, you can say, have one of the questions in your journal be, I did compression therapy today or not. I took vitamin D, right? You can change it up, but then it tracks all the things that you do or don't do. And it sees how it impacts your score. And then there's an impact section now. Um, so I, I love that you're bringing this up, Ryan, because there are some people probably yelling at their, their stereo right now or their speakers saying, this stuff is, you know, I don't believe in this stuff. It doesn't work for me. Guess what? There's no one thing out there in the world that's going to work the same or at all for everyone. And a lot of the results from some of these therapies are, does this help you or not? Is it worth being consistent for you? And is it something you can stand doing, right? Because there's some people who can't. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a personal exploration here. These aren't, there's no silver bullet. You know, and it's also, I can get how it can be overwhelming. Like, damn it, there's a new thing I got to be doing. And it's like, don't, you know, watch that relationship. These aren't, yeah. you don't have to work in everything one thing at a time, or, you know, just like one step at a time. This isn't, uh, you know, something that we, it has to be fully incorporated tomorrow. So I, I, I can relate to that where it seems like there's always some new modality or some new thing that, you know, that we need to be incorporating. Yeah, you know, and I've seen it firsthand. I, I've been a Whoop user and a, now an Aura Ring user. So I, I pay attention to the metrics and I've seen the difference in recovery from just sitting around watching Netflix all day versus having a day where I actively seek out recovery through sauna or cold plunge or, or light exercise. And the proof is in the pudding for, for my stats anyway, in that when I seek out recovery, I recover much better. And that's not just me. There's actually overwhelming evidence and scientific evidence. We're not getting into the weeds of it here today, but there's overwhelming evidence that active recovery and seeking out some of these uh, recovery modalities is the way to go if you want to maximize uh, the, your, your recovery from, from physical and or mental strain. So, uh, so just know that uh, um, these things, you know, it might sound like some of us are talking about our opinions here, but there's overwhelming evidence about all of these things. All right, Ryan, we're going to shift real quick. I, I want to ask you uh, about, you know, the actual tools of the trade, the actual plunges and the actual saunas and uh, plunge to me, it looks like is kind of the preferred choice for a lot of a lot of professionals out there, at least the ones 
that I follow. And by the way, I got to mention uh, your marketing department is doing a fantastic job. You guys are living in my feed right now. Uh, so I will, well done, uh, I will pass well that on to marketing. But, you know, what are, what are some tips? What are some things people should look for when they're on the market for a cold plunge or sauna? And this can be for themselves, but there's a lot more professionals now, a lot of fitness professionals starting to incorporate it in what they offer. So what should people look for when they're choosing their cold plunge and or their sauna? Yeah, I think... Um... You know, I think you obviously want a, a company that's been there that has like a breadth of reviews and customers and people have actually used the product. Like, you know, I've, where we've come from and where we are today, like, you know, there's a lot of learnings that happen in the early days. So I think that's important just from a, a product, um, you know, choosing a product. You want it to be tried and true and tested in the market. Um, and reviews are always a great category there. I think it's, uh, yeah, finding out. Like customer to me, like customer support's a massive one. Like there's tubs that are out there. You're buying this huge purchase for down the road. Do you have the support? Is there a tech that if there ever anything goes wrong, you're gonna get support into that product? I think those are like key things that people, you know, you want to look for. And then the product itself, like, you know, for us, like I do know a lot of the products that are out there. Are, there's there's a lot of white labeled products that are coming from a couple factories in China, and then there are a couple, uh, you know, then there are some other companies out there that are actually engineering and designing and building these products, you know, and so there, there is a difference into the quality that comes from there. You know, I think, I think we've seen it, you know, my example of that is, is I know like Hyper Ice and Therabody, they went through that process where they, you know, it's a premium product. There were a lot of knockoffs that came in and a lot cheaper and the world kind of ran that way. And then they realized like, wow, these are a lot cheaper and there's a reason they're a lot cheaper. Right. And, you know, there's a swing back to these other products with hyper ice and Therabody. I think we're seeing a bit of that in the cold industry. You know, for us, we build like Mike and I, we focus on every product we develop. like something that really, like we are the core customer. That's what's I think allowed us to succeed where we are this person like that we are building for ourselves. So it allows us to kind of have real good insight into what are the pain points and what are people trying to solve. Um, our new frontier is like a whole IoT product, which is basically a connectable product to our app. So the app's now available in the store and there's some real cool functionalities to that that are, you know, there's a there functionality now where you can connect your sauna, connect your plunge, change temperatures, track your sessions, get real data into what it is. And then there's like a real roadmap of, you know, utilizing the app with your product, what I talk about of like your recovery scores are playing into it and your plunge is actually becoming a, a smart plunge where it's adapting to your body that day and giving you the right session that you're looking for. Like that's where, you know, we're going as a company. And I think that's exciting. So it's things to look at. Like when you're, when you're looking at your product at the end of the day, price points matter. Um, you know, you got to look at your budget and where things are at. Um, and there's a lot of good options out there, but no matter who you purchase, it's a big purchase. So you want to make sure it's a company that has staying power and is going to be there from a support perspective. I love that. You are not wrong about the quality piece because we all know that you can just go to Amazon and find um, 10 versions of everything and they're not all great. <laughs> so totally. very much true there. Yep. I mean, we, we, we actually have found a lot of customers that go that route become our customers. And we're, you know, we're excited. We have some new products rolling out that I think will meet a lot more, you know, widen the net of people that can uh, come in at different different price points, different use cases. But we have found that some of those lower price point products, it's like, it's the entry level. And then soon due to issues or whatever, 
filling it up with ice consistently, they end up, you know, coming, coming our way, which is, uh, I get it. You want to try things out. You want to see, am I into this? Am I going to use this consistently? Absolutely. So I know there's a lot of opportunity for fitness and wellness professionals out there, not only to encourage their clients to use these tools, but to use them for themselves. And with you guys, you have things that people can purchase and put in their own homes versus having to go somewhere. So what opportunity do you think you see for fitness and wellness professionals as far as these, these tools and the way that recovery and, and, uh, this wellness aspect is going, what opportunities are out there for them? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a tool that's not, it's, it's here to stay. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's where big push into the commercial space that's starting to happen talking to a lot of the big chains that, the, you know, this is rolling out into, into the facility. So there's there. And then obviously the home build fitness world that's boomed since COVID. And so that that's here to stay. So I think it's just the starting point is just understanding it. Can you even speak, do it? You know, that's the first get in there, try it out, just get some level of practice that you can actually speak to it and understand how this could impact someone, maybe even on the other side, like how is this negatively impact someone? Like knowing the generalities to it. Um, you know, there's great resources online, whether it's just even the Wim Hof method, you know, going there and kind of learning the dynamics of it. I think there's also incorporating cold naturally leads into understanding breath work as well, which I think is a huge category for uh, fitness trainers, fitness instructors. It goes into that whole recovery standpoint. Uh, you know, we have a whole world of, in our space, especially of just fit uh, breath coaches. You know, that is a coach that's becoming that just its own category. So I think these, at least starting out and being able to speak to it and understand it is helpful. And it's only going to improve and make you a more impactful trainer into when to, uh, when to diet, you know, give protocols for it and actually understand what you're talking about. That's so good to hear because, um, health and fitness is so much more than weightlifting and cardio. I mean, that's, that's what it has always been. That's how it's been presented to us for so many years, but we've realized that there's so much more to someone's overall health and wellness than just those two things. Those can be important things, uh, but so can proper breath work and meditation in order to mitigate stress and, and all these recovery methods. So I'm, I'm really glad that you said that. And it, it kind of brings me to kind of a, uh, another question. Ever since COVID, especially, it seems that a lot of fitness professionals want to be more entrepreneurial. A lot of people were kind of forced into it in the beginning, and they found that maybe that was more their calling as opposed to say, working in a health club. So since you've been able to kind of successfully navigate a bunch of entrepreneurial ventures, what advice do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs in general? So not necessarily just fitness entrepreneurs, but but entrepreneurs in general. Yeah, I think for me, I've found you either need to have like real clarity of your product market fit. And like there is like you're actually solving something or immense passion. and I would say the product market fit, if you can find that before the passion, you're going to have a lot higher likelihood of success. This for me, like in both my companies have been more probably passion first. And then especially for plunge, great product market fit. So it's overlapped really, really well. So I think those are important, important areas. Yeah, I think, you know, becoming an entrepreneur is you tend to want to look at the a to Z, like we tend to see the Z result. And I think the most successful ones are ones that can go A to B and then B to C. And what I mean by that is just truly, okay, you want to build, what's the example? I'll just use us. I'll use plunge. You know, I, 
I never actually envisioned, not that we're at Z today, but I never envisioned what we were today. I actually didn't think about it. It was not in my sphere of we would have 200,000 square feet and we're shipping thousands of units and big old team. No, it was, it literally, the A was, you know, Mike and I saying, let's do this together. You know, like the first step was, hey, we, let's sell 20 of these. We'll build them out of the garage. We have a customer base from our float centers and we, you know, built a website and just emailed those customers and said, hey, we have, we're building these out of the garage. We'll hand deliver to your house. Who's interested? That was, you know, there's a lot that obviously goes in from that point to that point, but that was it. That was the extent of it. And then, you know, you get 20 customers and then you get 20 reviews and they tell their friends and you make some good decisions on, you know, the domain name or, you know, you get some SEO play. Things start happening that it was like, if we were planning on this, it just, I don't think it ever happens. And I think it's just solving the wrong problem. The right, the right problem to solve is the thing that's actually like sitting in your head of like, oh, I just need to do that. I need to sit down and I need to send this email to someone and get some momentum going there. So I think being an entrepreneur is like actually, you know, one step at a time and, and dissecting a very grand vision and making it actionable in like moment to moment steps. Um, and the ones that really succeed there, it's can carry both. I can carry a grand vision and like believe that I'm going to get out of this in this current moment, but also do be in the mud and do the stuff. You know, when I started, it was like I was cutting PVC pipe in the garage with Mike. I, I, I hate building things. I'm actually very uncomfortable building stuff. <laughs> so I went from owning my, you know, had my own company as a founder of that company to now I'm in a garage gluing things and cutting PVC, which was like so outside of my skill set. But it was knowing like, I have to do this today. And I know this will not be who I am or what I'm doing in X window. I just, I don't know how long, but I'm going to get out of this. So it was kind of holding that dichotomy together. And I think being able to endure that is, you know, where, where entrepreneurs cut their teeth. I love that. Cause there's a lot of people out there who say, I don't want to do that, or I won't do that. Well, if you don't, then who will? And to your point, right. And then your business goes nowhere. <laughs> You're and and there's there. a route to do that without it. You know, that's what venture capital is. You go raise a bunch of money and you hire a bunch of people. And that's a route. It's a total route. I've I've never done some like angel investment stuff. It was how Cap Floats was funded. You know, that's that's a whole different ballgame. I'm speaking from like truly building from the ground up, just like getting something on, you know, with your own money, starting something out. And both are routes and both have their trade-offs, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm sure. And you know what? I think uh, for all, all our listeners, we can draw a parallel from what Ryan was just saying about building a company to a lot of the fitness goals that a lot of your clients are going to have. Oftentimes they want the outcome, but they don't want to be so concerned with all the processes you got to do between now and the outcome in order to get there in the first place. And Ryan was speaking to just that. On the outside now, it looks like he's got this really cool company with this cool marketing and then their success. But there was a lot of steps in there. And he, he said it himself. There were some things that he was not comfortable doing. Uh, he, he didn't want to be the hands-on guy cutting the PVC pipe, but he knew that he had to do it in order to get to the outcome that he wanted. So I, I think we can draw a great parallel there. And uh, it just goes to show you that, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you got this vision, you still got to put in the work in order to get it done. Oh, and there's levels. I mean, I, I look at where I'm at now and I'm not even at close satisfied to where we are and like see you know, all where we want to go. And it's like, you know, I'm sure I'll look back in three years and be like, man, I can't believe you were doing that at that time. You know, so it's all, it's all relative. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Ryan, where can our listeners connect with you and your company? Yeah, plunge.com, the company. It's where you go and all the info's there. Me personally, Instagram, LinkedIn, probably my main channels there. And just Ryan Dewey. Yeah, shoot me a DM. Love to connect with people. I love it. I love when people offer to uh, to listen to people's messages and stuff or read their messages. Because guys, there's a lot of people out there like Ryan who want to help you guys, who want to answer your questions, give you some insight. So use them. That's awesome that you offer that, Ryan. We appreciate it. Um, but thank you so much for being here with us and sharing your experience. This has been really cool. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yes. And John, any last words or final thoughts today? Uh, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, some of you listeners out there will find this inspiring because um, although not all of you are, are trying to start a cold plunge company, a lot of you are trying to get something off the ground um, and it, and th- that being your fitness business. And hopefully this inspired you uh, to, to be able to do the work, but also to kind of open your eyes to some of the other things that are that are out there. Like I said, when I started as a trainer back in the 1900s, you know, we were we were lifting weights and we were doing cardio. But now there's so much more to fitness and and, and overall health and wellness and going the recovery route can be a great, um, not alternative, but addition to what you offer as a health and fitness professional. Yeah, I agree. And I think, Ryan, you had some great points today um, talking about trying something. We talk about that all the time. There's new types of exercise or different types of exercise. There's recovery modalities and things. Before you poo-poo on it or like tout it, go try it. Be consistent with it. See what the benefits are for you, right? And then maybe do some learning about it and really understand it because there are a lot of benefits. There's some cool places. um, There's some cool opportunities to bring this into your own home, um, which I love that that's what you guys are doing and allowing people to have it in their own home so they don't have to take that extra step of going somewhere. Uh, But if you don't understand it or you can't explain it very well to people, it makes it a hard sell per se. Um, So I love that you were speaking to that as well. But again, thank you so much, Ryan, for being here with us. Appreciate it. This was fun. Yes. You guys go out there, do all the things, go learn, keep learning, try some new things, let us know how it goes. And of course, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. 